myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. I've been around for a long, long year. Yes, it is episode 20 of the Feminine Critique. Wowza. Wowza. Oh my God. See, somebody, somebody is so happy that we reached episode 20 that they are just honking their horns at us. Honking their horns. Show them your tits. Oh no, is that what that means? It might be. I don't know. What do you do in Texas? I mean, I in New York, when somebody honks, we, we, we lift up our shirts. Oh, okay. Well, I never did that when I lived there. I've clearly you been doing it. You were never a real New Yorker, let's face it. It's true. Miss Rhode Island transplant. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is uh, the Feminine Critique. Um, on this episode, what are we going to be talking about, Christine? Well, we're going to be talking about a little movie called She Devil, mm-hmm. starring Roseanne Barr and Meryl Streep. And we're also going to be talking about a movie called, I'm, I don't know at this point. Uh, <laughs> is a movie of many names. Now, as some of you might remember last week, our month or whatever we last recorded, uh, we had planned on covering uh, The Rage, colon, Carrie 2, uh, 1998, 99's um, long-awaited sequel to The Bride to Palma Classic. Uh, there were some issues with it, as in I watched it and then mailed my copy to Christine and UPS um, instead delivered it to a Netherworld alternate universe, where it is now presumably being watched by alternate universe, Christine. I know. I was going to say, I hope it is, and I hope she enjoys it. Yeah. Um, alternate universe, Christine, is kind of a stuck-up lawyer, though, so oh, I don't, I don't no. know if she's going to like it. And I hear that, like, she totally only eats gluten. Yes, it's just a gluten-full diet. That's she's it. A, gl- a glutinous mess of corporate lawyer. Yeah. And she's a blonde. She is. How did you know? Oh, isn't that, isn't she tell. terrible? Yeah, yeah. With, like, with the Rachel cut, oddly enough, somehow yeah. somehow it's a thing in alternate universe. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's it's the early 90s. It, it is. In alternate <laughs> universe, it's always the early 90s. Or 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 end of the 90s, as in the Rage Carry 2. So sadly, we um, we might event- if the package ever turns up, then <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, I watched it, so I can talk about it. Uh, but because it is not on Netflix and it's it's out there, but the DVD is very pricey and it's not streaming anywhere. So we'll see if it maybe gets a big special edition Netflix instant release. What with Carrie remake or reimagining or readaptation coming out soon. Um, we'll see. So instead of the rage colon carry two, um, I went to Netflix instant watch cause we realized on like Sunday that we weren't going to be able to do the movie. Um, and I started scrambling through to figure out, okay, what can, what can we watch and pair with she devil? And, um, I got, um, a little bit excited. You might say when I realized that a, certain Say that, movie, yeah. a little bit, um, was streaming on Instant Watch. So both of our movies this week are on Instant Watch. You can play along at home, everybody. Uh, now, if you're searching on Instant Watch, the movie that we're covering is called The Devil Within Her from 1975. If you are searching on like Google or just searching for it, you might have better luck finding finding it under the title uh, "I Don't Want to Be Born." Yeah, when I I just logged it into what I will watch, and it's on, it comes up under "I Don't Want to Be Born." Yeah. 
so there's that. Um, you may also find it under alternate titles include Evil Baby, It Lives Within Her, The Baby, It's Growing Inside Her, and if you're looking on IMDb and want to find this movie, oddly enough, it is listed under the title Sharon's Baby. But no one's named Sharon. There is no character named Sharon in this movie. Nope. Although, um, maybe the dwarf's name was Sharon. Is the dwarf's name Sharon? His name is Hercules. This movie has a dwarf named Hercules, everybody. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think that's his name. Um, but maybe, like, that was his stage name. And his real name, like, was, like, Sharon Smith. And he chose the name Hercules because it's a much better stage name for a dancing dwarf than Hercules. I mean, than Sharon Smith. We don't know, but the point is, this movie has many incarnations, and I think it's going to give us a lot to talk about, because um, it's about a woman whose baby might be possessed by Satan or an evil dwarf uh, whose romantic advances she spurned. I don't know. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> I think you said it all, really. Uh, no, I said a little bit. I'm going to ask you to recap that, because you're better at it anyway. <laughs> but before we do that, folks... Uh, we like to do a little thing here called, like, we coined it. We didn't. Every other podcast does it. Uh, movies we've been watching as of late. Yes. Movies we've been watching as of late. Um, yes, well, <laughs> TM. Do you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's October. I mean, I don't know when you'll listen to this, but right now, for me, it's October. Uh, I decided to try to watch, and I'm not saying horror i'm just saying a genre-y appropriate film for the month of october you know to really get the most out of the month um so i decided to watch a movie a day and so far i have done it um eight movies so far what you got yeah i won't tell you eight movies because two of them were for the podcast and one of them is my netflix (laughs) instant pick no that's not it's still kind of whatever i watched 11 movies last month if i can do 30 this month i'll take them where i can get them um, well, I saw The Purge. Oh, okay. What'd you? I haven't seen it yet. What'd you think? I actually kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say, I, my expectations were super low. Okay. Uh, like, really low. I, I didn't think I was going to like it at all. It had some um, great posters. It, it did, and the premise is really fucking solid. Yeah. But I, I heard the execution wasn't very good, and I could see how you could fuck it up. But, um, what's her face from Dread, isn't it? Lena. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. I think I think the acting is pretty solid. There's um, a character in it that I liked, and then halfway through, I was like, "Oh, you want to know why I like this character? Because it's it's exactly like one of the characters from Funny Games. Like no one did anything. They were just like, oh, you know what? You know how awesome those guys who kill people were in Funny Games. Let's just write one of those. Same thing. Yeah, but I mean, it was still interesting, and it went by pretty quick. Okay, I'd be very interested to hear what you think. Yeah, I'll watch it when it comes to like instant, or actually, it's on DVD now, so I'll put it on my queue. Um, yeah, they, it, they already greenlit a sequel because that was a huge hit. Was it a huge hit? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't like Hunger Games big, but it was for its budget for the time of year it came out. I want to say it was like April, I think. Yeah, um, it just it was like the biggest opening of like a genre film for that month or something. Wow, you know, it did very well and made its money back like tripled. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not awful, mm-hmm. and I expected something really awful and derivative, but right. yeah. Um, I watched Room 237, Ooh. the Shining documentary. Have you yeah. seen it? No, no, fucking. I put it at the top of my queue because it was a new movie, and the day I got it, it was also on Instant Watch. So I sent it right Once back, back. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't watched it yet. 
I watched it on instant. Um, I was excited to see it there. I almost, when I came to see you in New York, I almost saw it in the oh, theater. Right, right. And I was pissed that I didn't. And when I saw it on instant, I got super excited. Um, it's a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read some stuff about it, and I yeah. knew that some of the theories were going to be, like, Geek? kind of absurd. Yeah. It was still really interesting, and it made me want to sit and watch The Shining. Yeah. Um, I watched Twin Peaks, colon, Firewalk with me. Now, have, had you watched the series? Yes. Okay. I watched yeah, the movie. I watched, the- I watched the movie. I never saw the series. Have semi-recently watched the series. And then this is my first rewatch of the movie. Okay. Um, it's way better when you've seen the series. I would imagine. Um, you haven't watched the show at all? No. no Ooh, you no, would really like it. It's, it's on my list. I think after I get through, I just started watching Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really good. I'm like four episodes in and I keep crying. Um, I know people so I think, love that show. Yeah, it's. I think you would like it a lot too. Like I'm not a football fan and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so I think I might do do Twin Peaks after that because it's not, I mean, it's only two seasons. So it won't yeah, it, it, it watches pretty fast mm-hmm. too. Okay. Um, that movie is upsetting and I cried and I got scared and I had to shut it off. Okay. Um, Are you okay now? Do you, do you want to continue or do you need a break? No, I'm okay, but if I think about it too much, I'll freak out, so. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. I watched Wolf Creek, which I had never ah, seen. That just somebody was just talking about that on the GGTMC Facebook group. Yeah, everybody has seen that movie, and it was it, got, it had some good buzz around it, and I hadn't seen it. Um, I bought it for $2 hey. at, a big, at a big lots. Nice. And just like, okay, why not? Any uh, features on the DVD? I honestly, I, oh, there's like a deleted scene that makes no sense. Oh, gotcha. Um, I don't know. Nothing that really s- struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. I liked it. Do you like it? Yeah, I mean, I think it. it's very mean. And so it's a kind of movie that if I'm not in that right frame of mind, I just find it really unpleasant. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I think that's part of what made it really something different was because it takes turns that and it's not even that it takes like twists it's just things happen that don't normally happen in the order they do yeah in those it's kinds of movies uh so it makes that movie something really neat and is it john jarrett the guy who the the bad guy who um is awesome i think and he's so scary and he is awesome yeah, yeah. um there, there's I some think, unsettling shit in it oh for God, yes. sure yeah yeah um I, th- I mean i think the gore is done very well i think i think it's a really effective genre film it's just a movie that i'm like sometimes i don't want to hate the world um mm-hmm. but i also like how there's like little nods to picnic and hanging rock yes sorry i had something in my mouth um <laughs> no it was it was um I feel like I keep using this word. It was derivative in a good way. Yeah. Like there were, it, there were like some really effective calls to other yeah. films in, in the genre. It, it's it's derivative in that it's a typical genre torture porn redneck killer movie, but it then takes all of the things that happen in those movies and kind of plays with them a little bit and mm-hmm. moves the order of who dies around and like just does some other things within that formula yeah. that makes it that yeah, I think is why people kind of rate it much higher than uh, normal I guess yeah yeah I, I mean it wouldn't do anything I mean on paper it doesn't do anything remarkable but mm-hmm. it is just the execution of it yep. is, is really solid yeah um, and then last night I saw gravity oh I think I okay uh, you know me and you know how I never actually leave my house to go to a theater I think I was I think I'm planning on going this week to an IMAX should I you should yeah you should um, 
I know if I see it again, it might not be as effective for me. Mm-hmm. This movie destroyed me. Mm-hmm. I was a mess last night. Oh. I I oh, I, yeah. cri- I cried so hard in the theater that I had to stop crying, or else I would have started making like like audible noises, oh. like sobbing noises. It was so fucking upsetting. I'm very afraid of space. Are you very afraid of space? Yeah, that's why, I think I, why you and I both found the ninth configuration really haunting. Yes, because also idea is really, really like deep, deeply embedded in there of like the yep. loneliness of an astronaut. Yep, and um, sunshine. I mean, oh, yeah. so space is scary, and then they do stuff with in Moon, yeah, and then they do stuff with the characters mm-hmm. that that hit real specific points with me. Yeah. So I was like a big mess. It, but I loved it. It was beautiful. And I think anybody that I, 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 re- I read so many negative things online last night. Um, people really hate it. Well, you know what and it was? I, there was the movie came out on Friday. So reviews have been from like, I guess, uh, either Toronto or TIFF. And then um, like the reviews and the reviews were all like four stars, best movie of the year. So now that that happened, now we're in that phase where people can start talking bad about it. Yeah. And now that you're going to have the like, you know, the reaction against it. Um, but yeah, I just, I want to see, I feel like it's kind of movie that is supposed to be seen on, on a big screen and all that. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it um, 3D. I didn't see it IMAXI, but um, it was still really beautiful. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, um, I am vowing to go on Thursday night. You should definitely go. I'm going to get popcorn and everything. Good. And cry into it. I, I probably will. Although I need to remember to be careful because the salt will really hurt. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for me. That's all you got? Yep. All right. Um, I have a few. We did uh, not quite a double feature because we watched them days apart, but um, we watched the original The Fly and mm-hmm. the 1986 The Fly. Did you throw up during it? Uh, I threw up and then I sucked it back up and got my nourishment from it. Ew, that was so gross. And that's how they do it, man. <laughs> he doesn't have teeth. He can't just bite into things. I know. Um, I had seen both before. I, I love them both for very different reasons. I think the original... It's on one hand, it is very dated. Because, I mean, it's 1958, I think. So a lot of the dialogue is very particular to that time. Um, but it, how it handles some of its scares, like how all the scenes once he is the fly and he's covered in a bag and his wife is talking to him, they're like they use silence so well. The music is great. Um, the last shot of "Help me, help me" will still give me nightmares until the day I die. Yeah. Hopefully not after being turned into a fly and uh, killed by a rock. Um, spoiler alert, the ending of a 60-something-year-old movie. Yeah, make sure you call out the spoilers. For- spoilers, spoilers. Uh, and then the, the Jeff Goldblum, David Cronenberg one, um, I I love. I think it's one of Cronenberg's best. I think it's you know goes in the discussion of uh, best genre movie, horror movies of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I have such a problem with um, the Gina Davis character. And how it's, okay, we're going to have, uh, you know, this female character is going to kind of be, you know, like, sort of your, your main character in a way. She's really the person whose eyes you see all this through. Yeah. Okay, it's great. So we have this woman. She's a professional. She is a science journalist. Great. Okay, so we have two male characters in the movie. Let's make sure it's very clear that she slept with both of them. Yeah. And it's, you know, I know sometimes I get a little nitpicky about that aspect of movies. Um, but I think it is a real flaw to that movie. So if they remake it, which I know there's been talks of, I would be very happy if the female character does not just sleep with every man in power. Mm-hmm. Um, we watch, I can agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's bothersome. It's, and I forgive it 
Um, because I think her and Jeff Goldblum have such good chemistry that the love story to me really works mm -hmm. anyway. Um, but I still have that nagging issue. Uh, my next thing we watched was a little movie uh, called The Lords of Salem. <gasps> what did you think? I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No. I want to know what you think once you see it. Uh, it's okay. I enjoyed it in that I was into it for the movie's probably like an hour 40 for an hour 20. I was, I was involved. I cared about the story. I, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, percentage wise. I, I liked, um, I know people want to hate on cherry moon zombie. Um, and yes, they do. The camera does pan onto her ass uh, about three minutes into the movie. Um, but after that, I think she's actually good. Uh, I just like that it's, um, you get the feeling, especially after, you know, having to do, or not having to do, nobody held a gun to his head, um, but doing remakes and probably feeling very locked into a studio movie that Rob Zombie kind of wanted to do his own thing and do something different. On one hand, it's really different for what you would normally see come out in a movie theater today. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, um, his influences are also really obvious. Like, I could see it just watching it that, like, okay, he's a big Ken Russell fan, and he's a big Kubrick fan, and he watched a lot of, uh, you know, 70s British surreal horror. Mm -hmm. And then I read an interview with him where he was like, yeah, I kind of wanted this to be, like, my version of a Ken Russell directing The Shining kind of thing. So it's like, yep, we, we got that. Um, so it's, again, visually it's really cool. There's a lot of really neat things going on. But then it gets to a point in the movie where it just kind of like, he's like, and surrealism. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot on the cutting room floor. There's a lot that doesn't quite add up. Mm -hmm. I think he could have ditched the surrealist finale and just told a story. And I think he would have had a good movie. Um, so it, it's a frustrating movie, but I found it really enjoyable anyway. So I would definitely recommend it. And it's a really good Halloween movie because it's like set in Salem. It's, I don't know fall-ish and stuff. Um, so a mixed review, but like I appreciate it, and I'm just happy he's moving He's moving into a different kind of territory. Hmm. I will make sure that I get it during this month. Yeah, I I'll, think... I'll I, move it up on my queue. I, it's a very October movie, I think. Um, I watched uh, a movie that had been on Instant Watch on my queue forever. Um, I kept not watching it because I knew it would be really sad and depressing, but finally it was like on instant until September 30th. So then I had mm -hmm. to watch it and it was down to the bone directed by Deborah Granick, who did winter's bone and uh, apparently only directs movies that have bone in the title. Well, uh, my, my kind of lady. Exactly. And I think she's working on another one. That's like also has bone in the title. Uh, this says Vera Farmiga, who I have a total girl crush on, who I think is amazing in everything. Um, and it's about uh, Vera Farmiga is a like working class mom who has a cocaine addiction so she checks herself into rehab and it's just very like a very similar style to winter's bone in terms of camera work and realism mm -hmm. and stuff and it's just this woman trying to kind of get over you know cocaine addiction and stuff um it's really good it's depressing but it's not quite as depressing as i worried it would be mm -hmm. well that's good to know yeah so it's it's definitely a recommend um so long as you're like in the mood for kind of something heavy ish mm -hmm. Um, something that's not heavy-ish and I don't recommend would be 1990 anthology The Willies. I've never even heard about that. Uh, I had it on my queue because it was a horror anthology and it was a long wait, so I figured I... Oh, I thought it was about penises. Um, if maybe... No, not the one okay. I watched. Maybe <laughs> deleted scenes. This, uh, how do I describe this? 
it's weird. It's an anthology, but kind. It's some. I read a review that described it as a children's version of Tales from the Crypt. Okay. Because <laughs> it's very crass. Like one story is about a kid who collects fly carcasses and like then gets attacked by flies in the end. And then there's like all these urban legend stories. So there's a woman microwaving her dog and finding a rat in her fast food and stuff. Um, it's just kind of icky and it's not very good. And Clue Gallagher and James Cat, James Wheat. It has a crazy cast because Clue Gallagher, James Cameron, not Cameron, James Karen, um, his brother. Uh, <laughs> the woman, Patricka Darbo, who played uh, Nancy on Days of Our Lives. Anybody yep. who watched Days of Our Lives knows who I'm talking about. Hey, I know. Woman. Yeah. Talking about- all right. High five. Um, Oh, and Kirk Cameron and Tracy Gold have a cameo as Mike and uh, Carol Seaver. Oh, all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's but still, interesting. I'm still not recommending it. Oh, and Sean Astin is one of the kids. Oh, well, geez. I know. Still, I know. still not recommending it? like there is so much great to this movie, but I found it kind of like a really like, ugh, God, I have to finish it, and it just keeps going. It's like yeah. an hour 40, but it is the longest hour 40 I've sat through in a long time. Um, I rewatch of a few movies, including... A movie that is really unsettling to me, um, but Brandon had never seen Magic. Oh, the sorry, the the, 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 the yeah, Anthony the, I kept thinking I am wanting to say the puppet, but the I knew that wasn't boots. really what they call it. They, I haven't seen that either. Ooh, ah, ooh, you. I think I would be very fascinated to hear what you think of it. I would like to see it. You should see it because I think you. It is, um, GGTMC did an episode on it a couple years ago. I listened to that episode, yeah. yeah. It is very unlike, um, I'm sure I could think of movies that I could, like, kind of compare it to, but it is very much its own, it's a very unique movie. Because it is kind of, um, presented as a horror movie, but it's really not. It's much more a drama about a very damaged man. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it's fucking terrifying at certain points, like whenever the dummy is on screen, for example. um, That's a good example. Yeah. And even though, like, I knew all these moments were coming, I still was very squeaky when things happened. It's a very upsetting movie, I think. I watched, um, let's see what else. I'll skim through these. Uh, uh, The Remains of the Day. Okay. Uh, Merchant Ivy, Ivory Film from 93, I think, with Anth- also with Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson, based on a novel by the same guy who wrote the novel Never Let Me Go. Really? Mm. Very interesting. Again, I think you would enjoy this one. It, uh, real, like, thinking about it afterwards, it, there are a lot of the same themes to Never Let Me Go, mm-hmm. just in that you have this kind of... Um, love story between two people who can't act on it for various reasons also set in a time the movie is set um primarily like right before world war ii so you have the sort of gray area of trying to help of it's set in england you have a kind of aristocrat who's trying to help germans but isn't really sure if they're bad or not kind of thing um, so the, like, definitely thematically connected to Never Let Me Go, and very good. All, like, all good actors and stuff, and they're all very good. Um, a very different movie, but why not, would be 19, was it 63 or so, is The Ghost and Mr. Chicken? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know this movie? Yes. Have you seen it? <laughs> when I was little, yeah. It's such a when I was little movie. I never saw it. It was one of, like, something Brandon watched a lot growing up. It's Don Knotts, and it's adorable, and it's really, really funny. 
and I recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it as an adult. I think it's, it's, I mean, I was laughing out loud, and I... Oh, well, that's it. good. Yeah. Um, but I'm also very young at heart and mind, so that doesn't say much more. You are very young at heart. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, I watched, um, now, I don't know if you've, you've heard of this film, but if I told you I watched a movie called Manhattan Baby, what kind of movie would you think I watched? It's called Manhattan Baby? Manhattan Baby. I don't know, about a prostitute. About a prostitute, okay. Um, that's always what I think, though. Yeah, that's kind of your way. <laughs> like, the title to me suggests, like, Fawdy's Musical or something set in New York City. Uh, okay, maybe. It's a, it's a Fulci horror gooey movie. from. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't, the title really doesn't fit it. Uh, it is kind of typical lower-end It's It's similar in style and many, many trademarks to the beyond and um, I guess what House by the Cemetery. Uh, not as good, but still better than some of his other stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's gooey. It's dubbed. There's a lot of stuff that makes no sense. Um, but it's a good time in its own way. Um, I well, the rage carry too. Uh, I will I will table that discussion for one day. When okay. Oh, I really want to see it. I know. Um, and the last thing I watched. Um, now again, I know I just said I don't really get up and go to the movies much. But I did get up and go to the movies to see um, a certain restoration of a little movie that I think you might have seen. I don't know. Maybe you haven't. Um, have you ever seen a movie called The Wicker Man? Oh, did you really? Yeah, because they did. I guess what they did was there was it wasn't anything new, but mm-hmm. it was res- like because the DVD I have, which has like the full full cut, which is actually too yeah. long. Um Everything that was, not everything in that was in the new version, but there wasn't anything new to that. But if you have the DVD, you know that, like, there are scenes that all of a sudden the color and the yep. quality just plummets. And you could yep. tell, oh, this is the footage they found. Um, this, it looked gorgeous from beginning to end. Like, everything looks like it was one movie. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. And this Where did you see that? Uh, IFC. Yeah. And so it was, like, and it was the first time I'd seen it on the big screen. And it was really nice to see that movie on the big screen because you have so many um, of the landscape and there, there's so many shots that really are more powerful when you see them big. The downside to that is, you know, the scene where all the girls are, dan- are jumping naked over the fire? Absolutely. Okay, it's really obvious that they're wearing bodysuits. Or that huh. they have really weird tans. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. But, and it, well, especially because it does um, lead into the best line in the movie, which is when... Um, Sergeant Howe is uh, complaining that they're naked, and uh, Christopher Lee is like, well, of course, it's far too dangerous to jump over fire with clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> um, which that line got a big laugh. And it was nice to see it with an audience, too. Yeah. Uh, this was, I would say, the best cut of the movie I'd seen, in that I've seen the shortened version that kind of starts with Howie landing and then doesn't have the snail sex in it. Yeah. Um, that's I think that's the first one I ever saw. Yeah, that's the one that used to that. The first time I saw that, it was on the IFC film channel years ago. So that was the one I think that until, like, the restoration a couple of years ago, that was the only cut out there. Then they did the cut on the older DVD, which is much longer, that starts off with him in church and police officers talking about him. Do you know mm-hmm. the cut I mean? Where they're like... I'm not sure. Um, I It's... This cut opens with other cops complaining about what a square Sergeant Howe is and mm-hmm. how he's never even had sex with his fiance. Okay, that kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, 
which I think is awful, and I don't like that because that totally takes away from the somewhat. It's not really a twist ending or surprise ending, but and I don't. I'm like even though it's an older film, and I imagine most reviewers, listeners have seen it. I'm not going to spoil it, but I feel like the longer version takes away from the ending. Mm-hmm. And a reveal that isn't necessarily a reveal, but is totally not a reveal if you've seen the longer version. So this cut, I think, was, like, to me, not just looked great, but it was the right cut. And I don't know if Robin Hardy, like, supervised it or not, um, but I would totally say, like, and I know they're re-releasing on DVD and Blue. This, to me, would be the cut tone. Oh, okay. That's neat. I have um, that really nice box. It's like a wooden box. Mm. That release of it. I, I would like a Blu-ray, though. Yeah, um, I, especially if it looks good, it looked great. It looked great, and I mean the current. I have the two disc set. I don't think it came in a box. Um, the two disc set does have a lot of special features on it, mm-hmm. so hopefully they kept those for the blue because, like, the special features are great. Because um, you have Christopher Lee talking about how much he loved the movie, so they're amazing. <laughs> well, that's exciting for you. Yeah, I was so happy. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, so is that everything you've got? Yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Um, we shall then take a quick break. Okay. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a little movie. Uh huh. Um, called The Baby, or It's Inside of Her, or Sharon's Baby, or The Devil Within. <coughs> if you hate me after what I say. Put it off any longer. I just gotta tell you, anyway. the 1970s um i don't know if you were aware but there was like this thing that was kind of cool for a while which was like evil babies and possession really huh yeah i know it's it's shocking it's a very little known subgenre. oh i, I yeah i guess so I, I should go dig for something yeah well i the, the good thing is um we have one right here oh. uh a prime example of what many people would consider the best decade of of film and horror film as well uh would be the 1970s would you not agree um yeah i could i can probably agree with that okay so um the devil within her 1975 right in the middle of the decade could you get more 70s christine it was pretty fucking 70s this movie was a little 70s but Uh, in a good way in a fucking fantastic way if you ask me uh we should not belabor this anymore god pun um (laughs) christine can uh-huh. you give me a synopsis of The Devil Within Her? Or, Sh- or Sharon's Baby? Whoa. Well, uh, wait, which one do you want a synopsis of? Um, let's JK. Go with, no, let's go with I Don't Want to Be Born. I they're the, they're all the same. Okay, um, so this movie starts and there's like this really sexy birth scene where Joan Collins is giving birth to a baby, but it's kind of like she's getting off. But whatever, yeah, we won't talk. Some, I mean, I don't know. I've never yeah. given birth, so I don't know if you're supposed to go, ah! When you have a it baby, was but... it was really really shrill and yeah, loud and sexy. sex like yeah. so then there's this baby and everybody keeps talking about how big it is and then it scratches her and then you find out that she was 
I guess, a stripper, even though we didn't see any of that. She was a stripper and then it, dancing rather suggestively. Fully clothed. Fully clothed like a gypsy, uh, if that's like, a PC term. I don't know if it is. I apologize if it's not. Um, um, yeah. But she's a stripper and then this dwarf like wants to bone her and she says no and then he curses her baby. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. <laughs> You That's will have what, a ba- uh, quote unquote. You will have a baby, a monster as big as I am small, and possessed by the devil himself. I knew that you would say that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> See, it's very unclear because it's okay. So she's gonna have a baby. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's gonna be really big. Um, yeah. I mean, it's big, but it's not that big. It's not that big. They really play it up. Every other minute, somebody's saying like, "What a big boy!" I'm like, "He's." he's I guess um, he's pretty big. You didn't mention who plays the uh, delivering gynecologist. Oh, Donald Pleasance. Uh, my favorite is one of his early lines, which is, it is a big baby. Nearly 12 pounds, I would say. I would say, as if he picked up the baby, was like, yeah, 12 pounds. It's <laughs> roughly 12 pounds. Take 11.5, 12, we, whatever. Exact measurements, what's the point? Yeah, right. Um, but so it's whether or not the baby is possessed by the devil, or is the baby possessed by the dwarf, or... Um. I don't know. There's also a constant thread that um, keeps... Now, remember, an alternate title to this movie was I Don't Want to Be Born. Yes. Um, which is the opening line of the movie, is Donald Pleasant saying, this baby doesn't want to be born. Uh, and then throughout, Joan Collins at one point gets really upset where she's like, I know what the problem is. The problem is you didn't want to be born. But I don't think that's the real problem. I think the real problem is that the dwarf cursed the baby to be possessed by a demon or a dwarf. But there seems to be a lot of problems that nobody quite ide- can identify with this baby. Yeah, there's, this baby's got a lot going on. Um, because, no, the here's where I think a lot of your confusion might come from, because okay. this is where mine came from. When they flash to the baby, and it sometimes looks like the dwarf. If the baby was right. possessed by the devil, why does it look like you the You would dwarf? think it would be like a little baby with devil horns, and it would be kind of adorable. Did but you think the baby was cute? The baby was so cute. <laughs> it was kind of cute. The baby had, like, this big, dumb face. And the baby and gave the best performance because the entire movie, the baby never smiles. Yeah. But the baby's not angry looking. The baby just kind of looks like, what's up? <laughs> so bored. That baby looks so the bored. Baby is so and, over everything. At this and he has big, beautiful brown eyes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they show fake baby hands pushing people. <laughs> By fake baby hands, we mean, like, there's... So the nanny takes the baby out to the, to the park, like, to the water... And the stroller is there, and the nanny walks over to the water, because I think the baby, like, throws his blanket in the water, because he's, remember, a super strong baby. And they, they tell us that a million times. A million this times. baby's so big and strong. Cut to a hand, about the size of, like, my hand, on the nanny's back, pushing her. Cut back to the baby in the, in the stroller. Yeah, it looked like a ham. <laughs> it did. Somebody took a ham and, like, painted fingernails on it. And then pushed a woman into the water with it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, we never actually see the baby do anything. We, that is the closest we get to it, is the hand. The yeah. rest of the time, we cut to, like, baby in, in crib, everything fine. Cut to the room looks as though um, a rock star has been through and drunkenly torn everything off the walls. Uh, now, the, there are several very exciting deaths in this movie. Um... I won't spoil who dies, but a key character uh, goes outside at one point to investigate <laughs> strange noise. This is how I want to die. Everyone take this note. Is, this is very important. So you're outside, and you notice something. You notice that, like, a window has been broken. 
So you look up, and as soon as you look up, a noose just falls out from a tree. And, and hooks suddenly, perfectly around your neck. Before you can even think to figure out how is this noose going to wrap around your neck, we cut to the noose wrapped around this guy's neck and hanging him. Yep. Yeah. Um, somehow yep. the baby managed to tie a knot, yep. to drop it from a tree, to yank up a, like, 180-pound man. Yep. Um, this, this is some baby. He dies instantly, too. He doesn't oh, well, put up a fight. I mean, super strong baby, Christine. Like, he, it hooks around his neck. I'd say maybe five seconds of, like, oh, no. No, less than that. No, less like, than that. two seconds of, like, oh, oh, and then dead. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, this movie isn't that long because as much as we have a lot going on with the story of this baby and its mother and the guy she used to sleep with and her friend and all this stuff, we also have a good probably 30 minutes total devoted to long tracking shots of London. Which was nice. It was, I mean, it was shot very nicely. I liked all the 1970s London stuff a lot, Mm -hmm. but oh my God, if this movie is so long and nothing happens. (laughs) Well, nothing happens. What if we just talked about great deaths? What? Yeah, no, no, nothing happens in this movie. What about all of the seemingly non-important conversations that happen to be going on while strippers are dancing behind a character? Because that happens like three times. It does happen. It happens a lot. Um, other things that happen a lot, people call people on the phone. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. And um, the phones all are like really, like, it's like a candy red 70s phone. Yeah. And their rotary dial. Yeah. I mean, Joan Collins changes her clothes about 40 million times. Quite a few times. Um, like, it's, it, there's like, people, oh my gosh. talk about how this baby's really strong and didn't want to be born. That happens like, a few times. Constantly, like, it feels like this baby's watching me even when they're not around. They they sedate the baby. Like, what's wrong with what's wrong with the baby? I don't know. Why don't we just sedate Let's it? Let's just keep him drugged. Like, the entire time, the baby's just sedated. But it never looks sedated. I don't know. Nothing happens in this movie. Well, okay, a few other things that happen in this movie. Well, first of all, <laughs> um, who plays her friend? Oh, I don't know. Who is that? You didn't recognize Carolyn Monroe? Why Bond, do I know? Bond girl and from Maniac and um, from Don't Open Till Christmas. That's what I know her from. Oh, uh, I mean, very, I should know her from yeah, Maniac. She was a very 70s. Um, Maniac is probably like the thing that I would have thought you'd known her from. Yeah. But I mean, she was in her fair fair share of uh, 70s films and she was a Bond girl. Do you know which ones? No. Um, I, I know she was in a Bond film. Possibly. Oh, she was in The Abominable Dr. Fives? She was? She was Victoria oh, Regina Five. She was, I think, the. Oh, I guess she was the wife. I guess. I guess. It says uncredited. Oh, maybe she was probably the picture. Maybe. Um, maybe she was. Did a pic, uh, she, maybe the spy she, who loved me. Spy who loved me is the one she was in. Yeah. Um, maybe she was like the model for the picture of his wife. Um, maybe I'm trying to find out. It's not really giving me any information. Yeah, I mean, that. not a great actress, but a, a, a pretty woman and kind oh, of very a, like, a fun person to have in a movie like this. Uh, we also have, um, is it Ralph Bates, who was, I guess what was in, apparently, first of all, Ralph Bates played Gino, the husband, <laughs> the Italian husband, yep. with a great accent. Um, his Italian accent was pretty great. Uh, you know whose Italian accent was even better? Oh, his sister, the nun? Um, thank you, Fuck thank yeah. you. Yeah, Eileen Atkins plays sister, what was her name again? Oh, 
Yeah. It's not bad now. Who has a different Italian accent uh, than uh, her brother? Uh, yeah. Oh man, the Italian accents were wonderful. I really wanted the baby to have one too, but he didn't. Um, <laughs> oh, but um, fun fact about Ralph Bates, he was in a bunch of uh, Hammer films, I guess. Uh, also, apparently, the great grandson of Louis Pasteur. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I have to be told. Good for him. So I'm going to choose to believe that. Oh, um, I, I, Eileen Atkins has been in so oh, much God. stuff, She's and like an most of it actress. I've seen. Yeah. It's kind of weird how much of her filmography I've seen. And my favorite um, actor that I spotted this time, because this is the second time I've seen this movie. Um, I had watched it a couple years ago for in February on my blog. I do a whole series of movies about tiny killers. Um, and when I watched this, I think I declared it the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Um, it holds up on second viewing, I'd say. But it, this was the first time I realized, uh, did you recognize, and I don't know if you would, but the woman who played the really, really bitter, angry nanny, Mrs. Hyde, who just hates everything in this movie. Um, I know I liked her a lot. I didn't recognize her. You might remember, well, I mean, this time. Oh, I just clicked on her, though. You see it? Stuart Gordon Dolls. Oh, the only thing I would know her from is Don't Look Now. Oh, who's she in Don't Look Now? I don't know. This has a very Don't Look Now feeling for me. Oh, God. Well, we didn't even talk about the sex scene. <laughs> yes. I almost, I almost fell asleep during it. Yeah, again, hour 30 minute, like, movie, 90 minute movie. I was wide awake. The sex scene happened. I nodded off, woke up when it ended. We get a sex scene that is about, um, that's primarily all about the music. Uh, and it's just the two of them rolling around a lot. We get a little bit of boob of Joan Collins, I think. It was, I was on my iPhone, so I, it was hard to spot. Um, and we get, like, what I, okay, I know everybody's got their own thing when it comes to this, but why did the camera have to get so close to their feet? I don't know. It was, it was did such a weird Do people like that sexy. in the 70s? Do they like it now and I just don't know this? It's like, I yeah. guess it was trying to be like salacious. Like don't, like don't look now. Yeah, I like that sex scene though. And that one's just don't look now. I do. That one's just really weird. Yeah. This one seemed like boring and pointless. That's why I was like, right. What? Well, yeah. There's really, I mean, again, you can look at this movie very easily and and see. Okay, so they went for Rosemary's Baby with the fact that like Joan, nobody believes Joan Collins and she's very concerned. They went with The Exorcist because the baby's possessed, maybe? And we'll have an exorcism at the end? I don't know. Um, you've also got, like, a nun. So you've got, like, a lot of the other things that were big, I guess, in the 70s. Uh, okay, what else do we have? Oh, you know, between Rosemary's Baby and Don't Look Now, um, how about a really, really visual sex scene? Okay, yeah, we got time. Let's put it in there. Yeah. And, and I know Don't Look Now is not set in London, but, I mean, that's a film that heavily uses its setting yeah and, um this uh, used understand. london i mean not to that degree but still it, yeah, it, really... it relied a lot on when in doubt show big ben exactly um the real question i have why was why was gino so italian i don't because she met him when the, when the strip was. strip review went to when, went on italy to italy she was excited, and then that dwarf grabbed her boobs. Yeah, well, the, the, the boob scene is great, because um, it's when Joan Collins, very early in the film, starts to figure out what might be wrong uh, and why this stuff has happened, um, is she's talking to her friend, Carolyn Monroe, and she's talking in, like, the most bored voice I have ever... Because so Joan bored. Collins overacts the fuck out of this movie. 
every scene Joan Collins is in, she's just moving every one of her limbs back and forth, like, as if I don't know if I'm conveying fear, so I'm just going to shake my head back and forth. And yet in this scene, and I wonder if they filmed it like 35 times and she was just so tired by the end of it, because she's like, I used to be a stripper. And one day after my last performance, I went to the dressing room. I started taking off my makeup. As I was taking off my makeup, uh, Hercules yeah, came in. It was a boring play by play. Yes. Like we're seeing it. She's narrating it as she's like, he grabbed my breast as Hercules grabs her breast. Like she didn't need to see. At first, I was somewhat curious. And you see her like looking like her eyes go up as if she's thinking about it. Oh, it's so boring. Um, but instead of that, instead of um, having sex with Hercules, she kicks Hercules out of the dressing room and then Tommy, the really sleazy nightclub owner comes in and then they have sex. Yes. Um, Tommy is a great character because he is, again, a really sleazy guy. Uh, and at one point she starts to worry that maybe Tommy is the father of her baby and maybe he's, maybe he has some like crazy monstrous gigantism on his side of the family. So <laughs> she brings him home to see the baby so he can see the baby and decide if it's his or not. And he's such a dick. And so the baby bites him because the baby bites everybody. Don't forget. And, um, it's the one moment of the movie where she shows any tenderness to the baby. Because the baby, like, bites Tommy, and, like, she has this little smile on her face. Oh, like, yeah. Walks over very lovingly and looks down at the baby and is smiling. And it's almost this moment where you're like, she can make it work. This is Rosemary in the very last scene where she's like, what the fuck? You might be evil, but you're my baby. Um, but then the baby turns back to Hercules, and then she's scared. Yeah, I, I yeah. So Ugh. it ultimately does not work out. Um, maybe it also had to do with the fact that she was holding him in the, she was driving in the passenger seat holding the baby on her lap. Like, I guess it was the 70s and people did that, but still. Yeah, remember when the baby was smoking a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> the 70s! Remember when the baby had an iPhone before? It's really good because we haven't even proved if those ca cause cancer yet, you know? True. Just bad parenting all around, if you ask me. Um, we get great fashion. Again, it's the 70s. Gino has a white silk shirt with flowers embroidered on it. Yep, he's also Italian, so I mean... He's Italian! He's a Gino! Um, there's, like, there's so many little things, like, at one point, the camera zooms in on the garbage can. I don't know why. Probably because it was British. Um, and you see in the garbage can, like, it's basically filled with wine bottles. Oh, I didn't notice that. all people do is drink. Um, the... There's, again, camera work gets fancy. There's, at one point, Gino goes missing. Gino is not in bed. So as Joan Collins is walking around looking for Gino, she's shouting, Gino, Gino. The camera pans on, pans very like, it's like a 30 second shot where the camera zooms over to a photograph of Gino and zooms in. What was the director, Peter, Peter George Sasgi, Christine, what was he trying to say with that shot? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that though. It's a weird movie. It's a very weird movie. And then, I don't know if you felt the same way, at one point Donald Pleasance has like a long scene, and even though the dialogue includes lines, and I've written some of these down, like, a doctor can't write prescriptions against evil. It's one of the most severe limitations of the profession. Yes. And I thought today would be rather ordinary. I didn't expect to debate mysticism with an Italian nun. Actual line of the movie, folks. Yep. Um, suddenly it's like an okay movie in that scene, because he's really good. And was I crazy in thinking that?
No, he was really good. Yeah, like, he was taking it seriously. He was um, doing his thing. Getting star Donald Pleasance. He was, he was charismatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, MVP, other after the baby, um, Donald Pleasance. Yeah, I, the way he was billed at the beginning, too, I really didn't think he was going to be in it that much. Yeah, and he actually has, I mean, he's a supporting role in the film. He's in, mm-hmm. he's got, like, at least three scenes, and, spoiler alert, a pretty great death scene. Yeah. Where, the ba- where we are led to believe that the baby has climbed out of his second floor bedroom, shimmied down the terrace, I guess, yep. um, picked up a very heavy shovel, and hit Donald Pleasance on the back of the neck so hard that his entire head just lops off. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no. What, what about what about I'm that? I'm not t- saying it's it's unfathomable. I'm just, you know, letting them picture it all. Uh, there's also I wrote my notes and it, and I couldn't remember what it applied to. A parade of milkmaids. Oh yeah. Now I remember this. Do you remember this? Yeah. At the beginning when they're first coming home from the yeah, hospital. Like, yeah. There's like literally like the cameras panning over a parade and everybody's dressed like a milkmaid. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Now, we know that Joan Collins in this movie cannot breastfeed because she the cannot. baby would probably chew off her boob. Yes. Um, what does that say about breastfeeding? It'll get your boobs chewed off? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All I right. Know. I nailed it. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I-, I just really want to hear how much you liked this movie. <laughs> well, I mean... I believe, like, you nailed it when I gave you the description of this movie. Uh, I emailed you, I'm like, oh, well, this movie, The Devil Within Her, is on is on Instant Watch, and it has Joan Collins, and it's about a woman, a former stripper who has a baby, and it's cursed by a dwarf who whose romantic advances she spurned, and the baby is super strong. You, I think you were like, this is an Emily movie, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Because it's, I mean, folks, this is not a good movie. Again. This isn't, um, I'm trying to think of something to compare it to, like, we're not talking, like, a birdemic here. Right? No, 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 There's it's not. There's some pedigree, like, you know, um, again, Donald Pleasance is really good. He is really good. I mean, I, I know you say, you know, the overacting of the Joan Collins, and it's true, which totally does, but I, I, w- I enjoyed watching yeah, I would rather around. have an overacting Joan Collins than an underacting anybody. Yes. Um, but this... Because, again, when you sit back and, tr- and try at any point to figure out what's going on in terms oh. of, okay, so is the devil actually involved in this? Or was Hercules just, um, like, is he a magician? Or is he possessing the baby? Or is a demon possessing the baby? Or does it have anything to do with Tommy, the nightclub owner? Like, when you start to think about all these things and realize that, the movie, the 90-minute movie that, again, spends, I would say, uh, maybe I was exaggerating, 15 minutes of its running time are probably devoted to long shots of scenery. Um, within those 15 minutes, they couldn't find time to explain uh, whether or not who's possessing whom here kind of thing. Uh, you get to see that this really isn't a very good movie, um, but it's kind of entertaining. It's, it is entertaining. It is entertaining. I mean... I, I agree with you. To... I'm not giving away the ending, but the climax of this movie involves a nun giving a really half-hearted exorcism to a baby. <laughs> that and that exorcism exorcism scene was so long too. Well, it's like like she all she's actually doing is reading Latin from a Bible um, to the baby, and like meanwhile the baby is kind of getting like 
I really wanted to look up if, like, the baby went on to keep being a baby in movies or not. Or, like, because the baby's kind of getting shuffled around a little bit, like... Yeah. And granted, uh, possibly the reason they decided to make the baby a 12-pound baby is that they were like, ooh, we need the kid to be a little older because we can't actually shake a newborn that much. That's true. Um, but yes... It, you, that baby is getting manhandled. The baby... I don't think the baby had a stunt double. We'll put it that way. So, but you have a nun very, like, quietly reading Latin over the baby while we cut to... Um, a dwarf in a tuxedo and a top hat with tails. Tails in the tuxedo, not the top hat. Uh, dancing with strippers and, like, having a heart attack. Yeah. Any movie that culminates it, in that kind of climax is going to get a high score for me. It, it, that went on way too long, though. <laughs> because also, and again, I don't want to spoil anything, but by this point in the movie, we've also um, lost uh, a key character, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a surprising twist, I thought. I thought so, too. Yeah, I had forgotten... Because when I watched this movie, I completely... Like, I remembered a lot of the things about it, but I completely forgot, like, the last ten minutes. I had no idea how this movie ended. Um, and so that, you know... And it surprised me again. Although, maybe there's a reason why I keep forgetting what comes <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Um, so do you have uh, more to say about Sharon's baby or the devil within her or it lives within her or it's growing inside her? Which, and again, it's growing inside or, her makes no sense because the baby is out of her vagina within the first scene. Yes, true. And so that makes no sense. Um, even that, that the devil within her, that doesn't make much sense either. No, because again. Yeah, like, I mean, Sharon's baby makes the least sense. <laughs> There's, like, there's a part to... And the movie just isn't really good enough to get into it. But there could have been something interesting with her... Because she's a fucking slut in the movie. And I'm not being sex negative here. No, no, no she's, she like, is. really a slut in the movie. And if, like... Because at one point, like, she kind of... Like, it could have been really interesting um, if she did start to think, maybe it's me, maybe all of... Because there's, like, a lot of Catholicism in the movie, too. Because you have a yeah. fucking nun. So you could have had her kind of have all of this guilt of it's because I've done all these bad things. It's because I've, you know, slept with so many men and I've, you know, and I cheated on my husband back then. Um, And, you know, and now this is the thing that finally it's manifesting in my evil baby. Like there's actually a really good potential. You could make a good movie out of that. Yeah. Um, and that's where, like, oh, the devil within her kind of is like, oh, okay. Except, no, not really. Because the whole movie, she's really more like, oh, my God, it's because of that dwarf. Or it's because of Tommy. Or Gino has some kind of crazy gigantism in his family. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yep. yeah, there's a Mark miss. Because for a really shitty movie, like, there's enough ideas that, like, if you sit back long enough, you could rewrite a really interesting, deep Catholic guilt movie here. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie. Maybe there'll be a remake. Who did okay, you cast in the remake? In the Joan Collins role? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Somebody shrill. Um. Um. Oh, I just had it. Not Lindsay Lohan. Oh, Lindsay Lohan could play the Carolyn Monroe part. Oh, that'd be funny. Um. <laughs> um and Amanda Bynes as Joan Collins. Okay, get on it. Write that. I'm doing it. I'm doing you it. Can, I'm you can sell it. that script. I can send it to them one line at a time on Twitter. Got it. I, there you go. There we go. You're done. The new, the new internet sensation. Screenwriting. Here I come. 
All right. So, any more to say, or um, you think it's time we uh, we rate this uh, this yeah, I masterpiece? Think it, I think it's time to put this one to bed. Okay. Like, um, quality of film. Quality of film. Um, I'm gonna give this a five point five. Yeah, I was gonna just go straight down the middle and say five. Yeah, I, it's not bad. I, I mean, is 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 it's it's put together. It looks pretty-ish. Yeah, it's competently made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The performances aren't laughably horrible. It's not, like, ironic and goofy. Right. I mean, um, they're trying. It's The funny part is, like, where, like, especially with the, the Italian accents, it's like, well, they, I mean, hey, they tried. I don't know where they took lessons, but they tried, so. Yeah, the, for me, the funny part is how it seems like they threw so many elements at the wall and right. just saw what stuck because like this is popular this is popular this is a thing this is what people are making movies about mm-hmm. and then you have this movie and it doesn't really have any like actual themes it doesn't really have a voice because it's just an amalgamation mm-hmm. of other stuff oh absolutely yeah so you know that happens to be that amalgamation you really enjoy yeah i mean it's it's kind of like an asylum like if rosemary's baby came out today this would have been the asylum knockoff <laughs> and that's why it would have been called Sharon's Baby. Oh, God, do you think that, that that's it? Do you think it's supposed to be, like, Rosemary's Baby, but that it's supposed to be Sharon, like Sharon Tate? Huh. Oh. I don't know. Oh, Maybe. I might be brilliant. I might have figured it out. But that's ridiculous, because nobody's named Sharon. I know, but maybe it was like, oh, because these na- cause everybody knows Sharon Tate's name now. Then name the main character Sharon. I, don't, I was just guessing. I'm, I'm well, I, I like your idea. Thank it makes you. it makes as much sense maybe as I'll, anything. Maybe I'll work it into the remake. Yep, you have my I got this. seal of approval Thank on you. that. Um, all right, so uh, quality of life ripped off by the films. Um, I I I can die happy knowing that I have seen a movie in which. Joan Collins gives birth to a giant baby possessed by the angry spirit of a dwarf whose romantic advances she's burned. So for me, quality of life, I'll say 7.75. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 5.5 again. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to say, like, oh, this is Joan Collins' movie about this giant baby that's not even really that big, and I think <laughs> it's possessed by a dwarf. He's got a giant hand hand. Yeah, like, that. that's worth it for me, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I it's the kind of movie that, like, I feel like I can recommend to people when I want to kind of give a good example of like the kind of ridiculous stuff that's um, like when somebody's like, oh, Sharknado, that's a really special movie. Be like, no, no, I got something for you. Yes. You know, like that's kind of where this falls for me. So I find it special for that reason. All right. So should we, but should, I mean, we will. Uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, the 1989 uh, remake of The Devil Within Her called She Devil. Yay!
And now we're here to cover our second um, satanic chick flick of the night uh, with 1989's She-Devil. Now, I had seen this as a child many times. I, yeah. Again, probably have not seen this movie in 20 years, but used to watch it a lot as a kid. You had, do you ever seen it? No, I saw it. Oh, okay. Um, same thing where it was, uh, you haven't watched it since you were a kid? Yes. It's been a long time. I guess this was like a big cable staple, right? It really was. It was on all the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell the fine folks listening at home or on their, on the road, uh, what this movie's about? Well, I would like to, but I'm going to ask if I could please read something from IMDb. I will allow that. Okay. Uh, as long as it's not the IMDb trivia, which we'll get to, because it is the worst no. IMDb trivia of any movie I've ever seen. No. Okay. It's not, it's, it's, um, story under storyline i guess pull out synopsis uh-huh. written by somebody named jason um ruth is a wife and mother who tries to please her husband even though she is fat <laughs> but, when her, but, when her, but when her husband falls into an affair with a certain romance novelist ruth goes berserk and demands revenge first she embarrasses her husband when his parents come over to dinner then when he leaves her for good, Ruth comes up with a list of everything that belongs to her husband. Then the revenge is to destroy all of it. Because she's a she-devil! Exclamation ah. point. Was it dot 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 because she's a she-devil? No, it was because, comma, she's a she-devil. She even Exclamation point. Um, I feel like that synopsis really paints Ruth in a negative light when um, I don't think she's the real villain of the piece. Who is the real villain of the piece to you? Ed Begley Jr., oh, oh, yeah. man. I know, I know. He's such a dick in this movie. Yes. So Roseanne, meaning Roseanne Barr, she's a lady, and she's just a regular lady, and she's married to this dude who happens to be Ed Begley Jr. Um, he kind of sucks right from the jump. Yep. Meets Meryl Streep, who is this romance novelist, at a party. They fall all types of in love and roll around in a bed and have weird sex. And, she to- and he totally leaves Roseanne, and she wants to fuck his life up uh, life up because he's a dick. I think very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, yes, indeed. Because, I mean, he is, he is the worst one. I mean, Mary Fisher, played, of course, by um, uh, this uh, Mamie Gummer's mother, Meryl Streep. Um, Mary Fisher is also, like, she's a bit, like, she's flaky and... Like there, like she is no um, uh, heroine herself, but yeah, Ed Begley Jr. is a raging asshole in this movie. Yes, and it's such perfect casting because because he is, like, I mean, he is so tall and so blonde and so kind of like that perfect Nordic man, and so right off the bat, like you look at him and Mary Fisher and they look right together. Mm-hmm. Like they look like they would have children that look exactly like them, kind of thing. So even you know him being with. Uh, Ruth Roseanne right from the start is you know giving you this kind of visual mismatch and they really try to make Roseanne look really awful mm-hmm. <laughs> they do uh, they do and I mean Roseanne was never a beauty queen this is 89 so she's still she's very heavy but they do this really annoying thing where they give her a gigantic comically oversized wart like yep. right on her lip which is just kind of annoying because it's just I don't know it, it's kind of like it's it's crossing that line where when you try to embarrass an actress. Um, so, but again, it's so ridiculous that it, it does, it's not that bothersome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was, this was, I think, after the first year of Roseanne, of the TV show. Mm-hmm. So 
she's becoming like a big name, household name, big hit TV show, and this is the movie that she chooses to do. Uh, movie was a flop. Yeah. Yeah. Movie did not do well, got panned by critics. Um, Ebert liked it. Yay, Roger Ebert. Um, and the, the shame of it, I always think, is that Meryl Streep's performance does not get the recognition that it deserves in this movie. Because I think she's fucking fantastic. She is. She's really, really great. Mm-hmm. She's really great. Um, I think that this is a really good movie. I love this movie. It's, I mean, it's, it is like a late 80s kind of, uh, you know, it's a comedy. It's a, it's a, it's a light black comedy, I guess is what I'd call it. Yeah. Because it is a black comedy. It gets mean, but it never crosses into like, like last movie black comedy we're talking about was like jawbreaker where yeah it's much meaner this movie never like there's a lot of like weird things going on that we'll get to um but it never crosses into like nasty mean territory and i think it's really funny like i laughed at it now um and i mean i got a lot more jokes than i got when i was a kid probably Mm. but i would say this is i think still a very funny yes i agree Directed by Susan Seidelman, who, mm-hmm. um, I guess the other, her biggest film was Desperately Seeking Susan, which I've never actually seen. No, I haven't either. Um, and then she's done a lot of TV, including the pilot for Sex in the City. Oh, interesting. Indeed, yes. Um, what I thought was, and this was based on a novel, I guess, that was also made into a British miniseries, of, which, mm-hmm. like, had come out, like, just the year before. Um, another name in the credits that I found really interesting was Howard Shore did the music for this movie. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, Howard Shore has done, like, he did a lot of Cronenberg films. He does, like, a lot of the Tim Burton movies now. Um, I, I did no- notice the music, though. Oh, because the, the music is very... Um, yeah, the music is is used really... I don't just want to say really well, but it's used, like, very much. I yes. Um, and I think to to a good degree I think um, and in some cases it's like it's famous tunes kind of just being reworked instrumentally uh, but yeah the, I mean the score is very hard working and does a lot to establish the tone of the movie mm-hmm. uh, something that I I never I had a problem with this time watching is I wasn't this movie Roseanne's character narrates this movie um, I don't know that there was it's not that there wasn't a reason to, because a lot of the lines are funny. Some of it is kind of tying things together and moving the plot along quicker. But considering this movie is in part about a writer, that Meryl Streep's character is a romance novelist. Yeah. It would have made so much sense for the movie to end and for, like, Roseanne to be writing a book. Right? Yeah. I don't know. The narration kind of bothered me. The narration was definitely um, inconsistent. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem to really have much of a reason it felt very much like it was a post-production thing yeah where they looked at it to give exposition and stuff like they had cut some scenes they were like okay well you know what if we just have some narration we can tie this together and get some more lines in um but i I really just i don't know i think it could have ended so easily on like roseanne at a book like ruth at a book signing and bam Mm -hmm. it's now like a complete story uh but you know yeah that was just something that that i kind of kind of irked me um there now this set in 1989 or you know filmed in 1989 mm-hmm. so that gives us some great um home decor 
Yeah, it was pretty. Were you, were you looking at that wallpaper? Like, yeah. I yeah, it, it was it was really like um, their house before it blows up um, is really interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a Long Island house represent. Yes. And then um, her her um, Meryl Streep's like mansion in the Hamptons is just so pink and well and it, the, I mean the costuming and like the look of this film is very careful because you have um I mean you have yeah you have the homes if you pay attention to Meryl Streep's wardrobe in the film like it's it's a very clear transition because she starts off in all pink all the time Mm-hmm. slowly other colors come in like I think when she goes to have uh, lunch with her agent she has like a bright she's pink 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 but a bright blue scarf mm-hmm. um, and then like little by little she starts like at one point she's wearing like pink with black polka dots and then it leads us to the end where she's like you know wearing gray and drab colors and big glasses so it's I really appreciate that aspect of it uh-huh. the look of this movie and you get the same thing really with Roseanne's character um, and you, you, so you get that in a couple of places where, you know, again, it's the 80s. You're looking at the fashion anyway because it's a movie from the 80s. Yes. But they absolutely. did pay very close attention to using that to kind of move things forward. Uh, because it was the 80s, it also gave us um, great 80s shout-outs where um, the teenage daughter is getting in trouble for calling a party line. Yeah, that was really Remember party weird. lines? It took me a second to understand what that was. Yep. And, like, the phone was busy. Oh, yeah, that happened, didn't it? It did. Um, even better is when uh, the son is watching TV. And did you see It's it? Glow, it's yeah. Glow. It's motherfucking yeah. Glow. Uh, of course I know. That was exciting. Uh, everything to me involving A. Martinez. Yes. <laughs> now, so good. Again, big staple of the 80s. A. Martinez was famous for being on a couple of soap operas. Um, like Santa Barbara was the big one. And he plays... Oops. You still there? Yeah, I knocked knocked into my microphone and turned it off. We're back now. I was just about to do my A. Martinez impression. You ready for it? You ready for it? Yeah. You have to picture me laying... uh, I'm I'm in a swimming pool and I'm laying on on a little raft. And I say... I may be the butler, but I am not the maid. And then I flip over. Yep, very, very effective. I love that scene so much. Yeah. Um, And he's just great in this, because he's just playing the, like, sultry, smoky, uh, you know, Latino butler, whose job is to pleasure Meryl Streep. Um, And so then, like, you know, (laughs) he's just having fun. Uh, and then it gets a little weird because he starts kind of hitting on the daughter. Yeah, that was there was a scene there towards the end that was a little... Yeah, it's not quite clear how old the kids are. And what's funny, too, is in the movie how they try to, especially the daughter, um, throughout, like, in the beginning, they're making her seem like maybe like 13, 14. Yeah. Then they try to make her look really adult and, like, where A. Martinez is, like, holding her as they dance and it's very steamy. And then the very next scene, she's like in pigtails, like sucking her thumb. Yeah, she she looks like a like a like an eleven year old. Yeah, yeah, it was really really strange. It's a little weird, I would agree. Um, and there's a lot of like, like because this is kind of in some ways this movie, it's a little gross at times. Like when um, we haven't even talked about Linda Hunt. <laughs> yeah. 
so funny. As you might guess, as a fellow vertically challenged um, woman, I love Linda Hunt. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. She's so awesome. This and she's she's really good in this, too. She is. This is probably the first thing I saw her in. Um, she plays, uh, what's her character's name? Do you remember? Hooper. Ho- Ho- Hooper or Cooper? Yeah, Hooper. Hooper. She works at, um, <clears throat> at one point, Roseanne goes to work in a uh, retirement home where Mary Fisher's mother is. And Hooper is the no-nonsense aide. And Roseanne kind of befriends her by opening up a box of, which is how you and I became friends, opening up a <laughs> box of very high-calorie pastry, pastries and eating them in front of her. Yep, that's how we, exactly, exactly how. Is. They were gluten-free and everything. I was, you know, I was considering. Oh, that's nice of you. Um, but so you get, like, even that, like, where you have a close-up of Roseanne's mouth eating any Claire. Uh, you get a shot at one point where you, um, the woman who runs the retirement community has, like, one rule, which is no bedwetting. Mm-hmm. As soon as somebody in the retirement community bedwets, then she throws them out. So you get a cut to, uh, what is it, Roseanne pouring the bedpan of urine on the bed, cut to Meryl Streep eating, like, cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. So you, you get things like that that... I mean, in, in the gerbil. I forgot in about the, the gerbil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a gerbil. Yeah. Which does lead to a great line where, this is when, remember, when Roseanne, uh, the character of Ruth, who is fat, tries to, according to Jason's <laughs> summary, um, tries to uh, embarrass Ed Bagley Jr. in front of his parents. So she serves uh, whatever the like entree is to dinner, and she opens it up, and there's a dead gerbil in there. Yep. <laughs> so, which leads to the great joke. Or not joke, but just line when everybody's like, oh my god, just like, I'll get a strainer. Oh, I know, that was really funny. Which honestly, it's probably what I would do if I spent hours making a meal. I mean, no, I wouldn't. I would totally throw it all out and start again. Yeah, you couldn't. No, that's so gross. Yes, I would. No. Yes, I would. I would totally. I've, I've never dropped anything dead in food I'm cooking. I need to say that for legal purposes. A gerbil. You would let oh no you well, wouldn't no, i would feel too bad at that point i would have to have like pause everything for a funeral but it would have gerbil juice in it maybe hey maybe it's tasty i don't uh, this is getting bad yeah come on let's get back on track Linda here no, Hunt has a mushroom haircut yeah she looks good i know it's adorable but i wonder if it's because like she has a hat on like that little hat and i would imagine yes. if you wear that hat you're gonna get it um we get a montage Oh, a fixing up the the building montage. A fixing yeah. up the building montage. I was trying to I was trying to figure out when we got a montage. Yeah, for I mean, for its time and for being a very female powered movie, not that many montages. Really, just one. It's true, but it's a good one. It is a good one. Lots of painting There's with painting. rollers. What's yeah. interesting is this montage is all instrumental music. Yeah, maybe that's why I had a hard time remembering. Exactly. Usually, you're used to a montage being a like hit, you know, pop top forty song. This one's all yeah. instrumental. Um, and it culminates with them doing a ticket taper parade on a building, which is so illegal to do because it's a lot of littering. It um, is. Oh, but I really like, good thing you brought that up. I really like 1989 Times Square. Right? Because did you see the big billboard for Batman? Yeah, and all the cigarette advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so again, speaking of the time, it also gives us Ed Bagley Jr. in a button-up bright orange shirt with white polka dots. Oh my god, so bad. He really looked terrible in this. He looked... Yeah, and the thing, like, I because I feel like when I talk about this movie, I just want to talk about how much I love Meryl Streep in it. 
Yeah. Um, she, I mean, because she's great, she's but. so good. But Ed Bigley Jr. has a really hard part in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Because he's playing a, a complete, like, sleazeball. Uh, and he's real, but he also has to appear charming, and he also has to appear like a charming sleazeball. And I think he's really good in the role. Yeah, absolutely. That character is wholly unlikable, though. Completely. But I think he he pulls off, like, he's able, like, he makes him unlikable. But he doesn't make him so unlikable that you don't see why somebody would get fooled by him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, like, he has a line at one point um, after uh, Mary finds out something very bad about him. He, he says to her, you know, you're the only woman I've ever been faithful to. Yes. Which is, which know, is a lie. Ca- which is a lie anyway, but it also yeah. sums up the character that, like, that would be his bragging point, is that I haven't cheated on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We get a yep. Sally Jesse Raphael cameo. Oh, that's so good, too. Yeah, and it makes me think of Throw Mama from the Train has one, too, I think. <laughs> that would have been a fun pairing, just so. Oh, I know. One of these days we're going to do that one. I love Okay. That. Because it lets me do my impression of Anne Ramsey. Uh, but we'll get there when the time calls for it. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it too soon. No, no, no. The people have to want it. Um, we get. Uh, okay, Ruth. Now, you know that I'm very sensitive to this in movies. Is when characters are clumsy. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, because you know Bella Swan is so clumsy. No, she's fucking not. Um, Ruth, I think in this movie is believably clumsy. I think so, too. I felt really bad for her when she falls. I know. I really did. Yeah, it's sad. She's wearing heels, like, on a rug, and that's really hard to do. I would never do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's all you have to say. Yeah, I'm just... Okay, so I really feel like that that little synopsis thing I read really gets the shit wrong. This is not a movie about a woman getting this unrealistic, uncalled-for revenge. Yeah, sure, it's an overblown, overdone, unrealistic story. But, I mean, dude deserves it. And in the end, even Meryl Streep's character realizes that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, no. just not, he's not a good guy. I agree. It's, you know, it's an exaggerated reality, obviously. Yes. But, and it is, it does make a really, it's, that's an interesting thing, is that from Jason, IMDb user Jason's point of view, <laughs> Meryl Streep is a villain in this movie, and I'm sorry, um, Roseanne... Yes. Is, is unjustified in what she's doing. Now, you can look at this movie as, and I remember being a kid, like, and thinking, being really upset by her dropping the kids off and leaving. Because uh-huh. I remember thinking, like, you know, I'm, like, if, you know, what, one of my parents did that and left and, like, didn't, you know, it's the 80s, there's no cell phone, there's no, it's just like, I'll see you eventually. Like, yeah, that was, as a kid, away. that was really upsetting to me. Yeah. And even watching it now, there is, like, I think feel like that is the one move that does feel really, um, that I could see, like, audiences being like, ooh, I don't know. And I, there's a scene later where um, Ruth is, like, going through, because there's a People Magazine article that's wonderful about Mary Fisher, and there's pictures of the kids in there. And you, it's, like, a very specific moment where Ruth is looking at it, and the music gets sad, and... She's touching the picture, and you can see that she really does miss her kids. Yeah, I, and I thought that scene was actually really effective. Yeah, I think it's really important because, like, as much as, I don't know, I'm like, I'm not a parent, but I guess when I watch movies, I do hold parent figures in movies and TV 
to a higher standard than non-parents. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think I would do that in real life too. Of it's, it's one thing to, you know, I'm going to get revenge on this man who wronged me. It's another thing. I'm going to get revenge on this man who wronged me. And in doing so, I have to give up my job as a mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think the movie ends up handling it well because, and the movie doesn't even have to say it. We know that the kids aren't being abused. They're going to live in luxury. They have a swimming pool. They have a giant backyard. They're going to be fine for now. And throughout, you do get the sense that, you know, Roseanne has an endgame, and eventually she will get her kids back. Yes. I think that makes it a little bit more palatable for me. Um, It's shitty what she did, but but there's so much... It, like, it's such a unrealistic premise that I kind of don't get hung up on that. Right. Like, when she blows up the house. Right. Like, it's, it's, you don't go like, wow, that crazy bitch just blew up that house because it's so absurd. It's so comical and the shot yeah. of her, I mean, because it, it's a funny, it's a funny scene is realizing, and it also goes to, reminds you, like, how flammable everything you own is. Yeah. Um, but, like, the way it's shot, too, is she lets the dog out, so no dog's okay. Her, you know, walking towards the camera, the music is really, really um, exaggerated, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way the camera work is going, it's it's very comical and very over-the-top where you're pretty sure nobody's getting hurt kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, you forgive that. Once, again, she she's dropping the kids off with their father, who has money, who's currently living in this giant house. Um, it, it, you know... If it, I guess an argument could be made one way or the other, but ultimately, like, as soon as things get bad, we see that she must have been there to get the kids back. Yeah. And, yep. and again, the other thing, and this isn't really spoiling, in the end, because she also helps a lot of people along the way. She does, right? and I find that very heartwarming. It I is. really do. Like, this is, and I mean, I, I haven't read the book. I don't know if any of our listeners have. But I, I don't know how, if that's a big part of the book. Because this, you could very much argue this as a very feminist movie. She opens up an employment agency for women. Mm-hmm. And the whole thrust of that, of that subplot or kind of plot thread is that it's like, okay, women, like, a lot of, and the only one they really focus on is a housewife whose husband left her. And she's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any skills. I was just raising three kids. And Roseanne's like, well, that sounds like really hard work to me. And so there is like a lot of kind of positivity to women and all the responsibilities that come with that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So she helps women. She helps Hooper, right? Hooper gets to she really does. live out her dream. Uh, and in the end, perhaps most importantly, um, she helps, you know, her husband becomes a better person by the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, we assume. Do you know? I hope. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't have much. I mean, he doesn't become a better cook, but... Yeah. Yes, but there's that weird thing at the end. With Meryl Streep? No, well, when she goes to see Meryl Streep and get her uh-huh. book signed, where there's, like, that glimmer in her eye where yeah. you're like... You're like, what? Well, because something else interesting about this movie is... Um, Meryl Streep and Roseanne only have one scene together other than that. Yeah. It's like right in the very first scene when they meet. And then the very end where they kind of have this moment together where they don't reali- quite realize 
or Meryl Streep doesn't realize who she is, mm-hmm. but there's like nothing in between that. So I, I don't know. I think that's just like a cute little thing. But is it supposed to be like she is a devil? I don't know. What, I think what the fuck was like, the point of that? I think it's just a super director choice of like, oh, I'm going to give her a devil twinkle in her eye. Well, that's so silly, though. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, Mary Fisher, and not not to spoil things, but the end has Mary Fisher, you know, a changed woman, but not. Yeah, I, I, I really liked her what her character I liked how her character played out yeah and again like you you know I don't know how much was ever done I I mean I don't think this is even on DVD which is why it's like only a watch now on instant um I would love to hear Meryl Streep talk about this movie because I feel like nobody ever talks to her about it because it was a flop and not considered a hit or or something for her to be proud of but she's so fun and I wonder how much of it was her kind of taking it to the next level and like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it just, it does make me wonder a lot about the filming of it. Cause she does have to go all out in this movie and she does. And without that, it's, you know, it is not nearly, I think as special a movie as it is. Yeah. I, and I, not to keep talking about Meryl Streep, but there's that scene um, when it's towards the end when things are going down her hill with her and Ed Begley Jr. And she's in the bed and he comes home and she's like been waiting for him. And he, he pulls the blankets off to go in the other and room with him. And she, she just holds on and he drags her. And she's like, no, no, no. She's so committed to it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Yeah. She goes all out for it. Yeah. She works hard in this movie. I mean, awesome. everyone does. It's, you know, it, again, this probably killed Roseanne's chance of a film career. Yeah. I don't know that she would have had, you know, I don't need her to have had a big film career because I think the Roseanne TV show up until its last season or two is some of the best years of, of television comedy in the history of television comedy. So mm-hmm. anything that would have taken her away from that, you know, maybe the world's better that this movie flopped. Um, maybe. Yeah. It's- I mean, how else would I spend my Sundays when I'm flipping channels but on WeTV when Law & Order SVU marathons aren't on, Christine? That's true. I'm just asking. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody is good in this movie. It's, I, I don't know, I think the misstep might have been, I don't know, I mean, why do you think this movie failed so much, did not connect with audiences in 1989? Was it marketed improperly? Maybe. I mean, I could see how it would be difficult to market this. Yeah, I mean, and that's always an issue with black comedies. Yeah. Um, so that could be an issue. Um, it does feature, I mean, in 1989, I'm not sure how if this is like a huge thing, but I mean, it does feature two females in, in the, the lead roles. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there are slight feminist undertones to the whole thing. Yeah. So maybe that didn't go over very well. Maybe they just wanted, they were looking for something else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's a little odd tonally, but I liked it. I agree. Yeah. yeah it's, it is very different. I mean, I could think of movies to like program it with if I was going to do a film festival, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the devil within her. Um, but it's hard to say this movie is derivative of anything. I think it's, you know, it is set in its in its place and kind of a genre. 
Uh-huh. But I think it's it's a genuinely different movie for for its for being a mainstream comedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you have any more to say or should we rate it? Um, I really just wanted to mention that that scene with her um getting dragged across the room on the bedclothes. So that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Um, this movie, I was, I was saying, Clue is the movie that taught me what a homosexual was. I think this is the movie that taught me the term mistress. Oh, really? Yeah. Because this was 89, and I know I saw this in, like, 90, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little kid when this was on, and there were so many... There was a lot that I probably just didn't get at the time. I could see that. Because uh, this was it. It's PG... Ah, 89. Was there PG-13? Oh, I don't know. What is this rate? It's PG-13, yeah. Okay. Because, um, it, I mean, it's risque. It never really crosses that line. Um, yeah, like, this could have been done as a... Today, I wouldn't be surprised if... If they were to make this movie today, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be, like, a soft R. And yeah. No, we're going to go for an adult, like, Judd Apatow audience. Mm-hmm. Only, like, the female Judd Apatow. Uh, but, yes. But, yeah, so this movie probably taught me a lot of words I didn't understand. Yeah, I could see that. And I remember, like, my sister explaining to me, because I'd never read a romance novel, obviously, at that age. Uh, like, when uh, Meryl Streep rewrites her, her next book is now kind of based on her life. So it's, you know, she has a, the love interest's name is Bob, and she has a whole chapter on laundry. And I remember my sister explaining to me, like, well, no, romance novels that, you know, the, the characters' names are, like, Francois and Giovanni. They're not Bob. Yeah. They should be, though. You can learn a lot about American culture. It's true. It's a metaphor. So funny. I really liked her character. What's what's that in your hair? Oh, it's a gummy bear. And she just eats it. It's so good. It's so great. Yes, it's good stuff. It really is. I think so. Um, I will will defend this. Me too. Um, And again, especially because I feel like it has a really poor reputation. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I would say this is one, it's on instant watch. Um, You know, know what you're getting into when you watch it. Know that you're watching a black comedy from 1989 and just go from there. And I think you're going to find Meryl Streep a hoot. Uh, A lot of jokes that are really funny. Uh, A. Martinez, being A. Martinez, and the old woman who, uh, you know that old woman. Oh, it, are you talking about her mom? Yeah, so, Sylvia like, Miles. Yes. She was, we didn't even talk about Was she in The Sentinel? Uh, was she? Yeah, uh, yes. I, what, yeah, yeah, she's the one who, um, she's Beverly D'Angelo's, yep. like, sister girlfriend. Yep, she is. Yeah, she's so great. She's just a grumpy yep. old woman who... She's so good in this movie, funny. too. She's, she's so ridiculous. Yeah, she gets a lot of great lines. Yep. Yeah. And you get old people playing soccer, which is really cute. <laughs> yeah, that is something you would like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm easy that way. <laughs> Give me a dwarf possessing a baby and an old woman playing soccer, and I am set. And you are happy. I will tell you. All right, so do you have any more? No, I think that, I mean, it's a good movie. I liked pretty much everybody. Um, it's funny. Yeah. It It's interesting. It's takes interesting turns. It does interesting things with the characters. Um, That's basically all I have to say. Uh, One more thing. Um, A note I had is something that made me really laugh, and it was just a really small detail, 
is there's a family photo that Roseanne keeps pulling out because it's the only thing she saves from the house. Mm-hmm. And it's a typical 80s family photo. Uh, and I, I mean, I know my family has a very infamous one. The one year we like went to the photo studio and got a family photo together where everybody looks awful. Uh, and in the photo you see like the kids look kind of goofy and Bailey looks fine, but Roseanne's eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like tiny little touch that like, yes, that is exactly what their family photo would look like. Yep. So I appreciate it. I feel like this, this film, a lot of care was taken with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it's, it's not some slapdash piece of crap that had untrue characters and, you know, it was, it was really yeah. interesting. Um, something else, because I, I forgot to um, say it. So there, aside from a devil... Uh huh. As connecting our two movies, yeah. Something else that connects these two movies. Do you know what it is? Oh, oh crap. Um, I don't know. Okay. So, who starred in The Devil Within Her? Um, I Joan Collins. I already forgot her name. Okay. <laughs> Joan Collins. Do you know who Joan Collins's sister is? No. Who is Joan Collins's sister? Uh, romance novelist Jackie Collins. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I did know that. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Collins gets two name checks in She-Devil. One is when um, they are, when Roseanne and Honey are uh, not framing, well, kind of framing Bob for embezzlement, and they're, like, going through all of his accounts and, like, stealing money from them. Mm. One of them that comes up is Jackie Collins. So Yes, I did notice that. Jackie Collins is one of his clients. And in the, in the credits of the actual movie, they have special thanks Jackie Collins. Oh, neat. So, and you get the feeling like the Mary Fisher character is probably kind of based on Based her. on that, yeah, like I could see Like being that. this very glamorous romance novelist kind of thing. Uh, so you get, again, like, connection. Well, look at you being all smart. Thank you. And I made that connection without having... Well, the, the special thanks I caught from the IMDb trivia. But seriously, the IMDb trivia, Christine, when you have a chance, look at it. It is the worst IMDb trivia I've ever seen. I can go there right now. Like, one of the, um, please do. One of the, uh, crap, I clicked on it in my dock, and then what happens when I do that is it opens up Safari, and Safari sucks. Oh, that's stupid. I know. I'm quitting Safari right now. Uh, open up the trivia. Okay, I'm opening up right this second. Okay. Um, yeah. Skim through and tell me if any nuggets of wisdom catch you as being really great. For me, I'm just going to give an example. One of them is that in the movie, Ed Bigley's Jr.'s character <laughs> is named Robert and his nickname is Bob. Can I tell you my favorite that I just saw? Sure, sure. Director Susan Seidelman and actress Meryl Streep shared the same agent. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> Um, we also get, uh, one that, let's see, um, the name of Ruth, Ruth's alias was Vesta Rose. The name of her job finding firm was the Vesta Rose Employment Agency. Because that's trivia that you couldn't get from actually watching the movie. Oh, I can click if that's interesting, right? Is there a button for me there to click is. Is not interesting? interesting? Yes. Um... Okay, Ruth Patchett's Hit List, which the movie, um, which includes uh, his assets, his home, his family, his career, his freedom, which the movie pans over about 12 times. Yep. IMDb Trivia kindly lists that for us, which is very nice of them. My favorite, though, is easily 
Meryl Streep played a character, comma, Mary Fisher, comma, with a similar first name to her own. <laughs> that is a good piece of trivia. Right? I mean, I, thank you, Jason, if you are indeed the one who, who gave that to us. Uh, here's another good one. Actress Meryl Streep considered for a time playing the she-devil character herself, but due to some conceptual similarity with Streep's then-previous picture, A Cry in the Dark, Streep decided to portray romance novelist Mary Fisher instead. So, in other words, she-devil, the character of Ruth, Ruth Patchett, apparently Meryl Streep, if we are to believe IMDb trivia, um, was very similar to uh, the mother in A Cry in the Dark. Uh-huh. Um, and there's, it goes on, there was a title similarity between She-Devil and A Cry in the Dark. Both titles had a word associated with demonology. <laughs> Devil with this movie and evil with the earlier film. Oh, jeez. Although A Cry in the Dark doesn't have the word uh, evil in it. So it's just really weird. Moreover, Streep would also go on to star in two later productions with titles where two of these words would appear again, in Angels in America and The Devil Wears Prada. Are you fucking kidding me? These are things on the IMDb trivia page. It's really weird. I have never seen IMDb trivia like this. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't weird. know why, like, whoever regulates this has really low standards for She-Devil, but fuck you, it's a good movie, it deserves better trivia. Yeah, like, this picture was shot during April, May, June, and July 1989. <laughs> Oof, good thing I know that little tidbit. Next time I go to She-Devil Trivia Night, you can bet I'm going to ace everything. What film was shot? <laughs> was yeah, shot by Derek? Yeah. But let's give it a rating. Quality of film? Um, you, yeah, you go. Okay, because you went first last time. Yeah. I am going to give it a... I mean, let me think about this. Because it, it's funny, and it's comedy, and it's supposed to be funny, oh. and it is. It has really good performances. It's different. Um, there's some interesting visual things going on and a good soundtrack. Um, my only fault would be probably some of the overly meanness towards the Roseanne character. Yeah. So I'm going to go 7.75. Okay. 7.75, huh. Where are you going? Huh. Yeah, I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. And you want to know what brings me down from I a do. higher? It's the end when she has the glint in her eye. Mm. Really, I like I like when she walks out onto the street and, and then it's just all these like working women behind her. It's it's I it's just really, really like that. Yeah. And then and then I don't like, what the fuck was that? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So that that brings it down a little bit. I hear you. I still I still for whatever reason really wish it ended with her having written this book called She Devil and a bunch of women in a book club applauding and her signing it at the end. That mm-hmm. would have made me happy. But you know, hey man, I don't write movies. I only write remakes of The Devil Within Her starring Amanda Bynes. Exclusively. That's exclusively what she writes. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll do write the remake for She-Devil, but I don't think this movie needs to be remade. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, enjoyment of this movie. Uh-huh. It's such a loaded grade, and I, I mean, for you too, probably, because I grew up with this movie. Yeah. Um, so did it... Yeah. I'm gonna go... Eight. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so it's a recommend for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't um, play well with some people, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's definitely, it's not a boring movie. No, no. Yeah, it is, it is different, and it is well worth a try if you, especially if, and I 
feel like there's probably resistance to the movie of people maybe because Roseanne's kind of gotten crazy in her yeah. um, old age. Agreed. And there's probably people out there who just really think like, oh god, an 80s comedy starring Roseanne sounds like the worst thing in the world. Trust me, folks, it's not. Yeah. I think that it's easy to go in with like a preconceived mm-hmm. feeling about yeah. this. But, I mean, it's a genuinely funny movie that I think has some interesting things to possibly say. Yes. And it says them in a very funny way. Yeah. Wow. I'm, go- I'm really happy that, went, that went real well. This feels like a positive way to end the night. It does. Now, let us talk about our Netflix Insta watches. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, I picked mine based on it being October. Uh-huh. Um, I Two. wanted to do, yeah, I wanted to do something Halloween-y. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I didn't want to just go horror because then I would have ended up picking, like, Children of the Corn Part 3, Urban Harvest. Um, <laughs> which, if you're going to watch a Children of the Corn movie, I would recommend Children of the Corn Part 3, Urban Harvest. I think it's one of the more fun ones. Um, in a series that is lack of fun, which really shouldn't be. Uh, but no, my recommendation is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, I love it so much. So I just much watched fun. it recently. Uh, I, I had never seen it. Like, I, I, I'd i watched a lot of Elvira when I was a kid, like, on USA, but I Wait, never you had it. never seen that? No, no until... Oh, like, my God. I grew up with that. That was a big... About a year ago, I watched it. She is a role model she for me. She is amazing. Like, she... I mean, she really is, and she's... She's so fucking funny. There, she's got such good timing. Yeah, and, I mean, the movie is... She is better than the movie. Um, she makes... Like, the not all the jokes work, but she's just... Correct. Uh, she's <laughs> in it to win it the entire time. And she's just awesome. And there are some really funny parts. Uh, and she's fucking Elvira. Cassandra Peterson yep. is amazing. So great. So it's awesome. I love that. It's well worth. It's just fun. And it's a good October watch because it's so Halloween. Yep. It's super fun. I agree with that. Thank you. Um, my recommend is, is just Tucker and Dale versus Evil because I forgot it was still on Instant. Mm-hmm. And I, when I watched it, I was this is still on here? Because it, it has been on Instant forever. It has. Of course, I remember when I watched it, I got the DVD, and then like a week later it turned up. Like, it came on Instant. Yeah, it's been on there forever. Mm-hmm. So I decided to look at it again. And I think um, if people are still holding out, they should totally watch it. I should revisit um, it, too. I yeah, it, it, but... it's a Good, it's good for this time of year too because like I said if I'm trying to do one every night I don't really want to get bogged down in the yeah. same retreading and this is, is a good take on that you yeah because it's very I mean it's a horror comedy and so if especially if you're I don't want to watch like a scary movie every day because that takes a lot out of you I find yeah. um, it's a really fun thing to mix in because it's pure horror it's gory it hits on all of the tenets of like the redneck um, hillbilly horror genre, but it's really funny. It's really funny. Yep. And Alan Tiddick. Yep. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's it's better than I remember. Um, actually, I, I thought it was very heartwarming. I think I'm gonna give it a rego. You should, man. I will. All right. So now, when next we meet, which we'll mm-hmm. have to talk about when that's gonna be, but um, we're gonna keep with the October theme. Yes. Uh, Christine, you had a pick that you were excited to do. I'm pretty sure I remember what I said. Um, <laughs> Jennifer's I body. Down. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited. Um, yeah, I saw it in the theater and I've not seen it since. <laughs> Me too. Well, I've seen it a million times since, but I saw it in the theater too. I wait. Spoiler. I love it. Spoiler. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. <gasps> I mean, no, seriously, because I I liked it, but had problems with it when I saw it. Yeah. And I have not revisited it since then, but this is a movie that got so much 
um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Negativity after it came out that I think it really affected people's perceptions one way or another of it. Yeah. Um, where I think you had people who started to just want to defend it and then you had people who just wanted to trash it. I don't know which camp I'll end up in or if I'll go to a different day camp. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but we're, we're going to pair that. Now, Jennifer's Body is not on Instant, but the DVD is readily available. We are going to pair that with a movie that is on Instant Watch um, that uh, I've totally seen, again, in the theater. Uh, but this was a little, little older in time. We're going 90s with The Faculty. Yee! So excited. This is the most exciting this is, I'm excited double about this feature show. ever. Yeah. Because two. I, I own both of these films, too. Nice. <laughs> two very high school centric genre films, both of which I really haven't watched in full since seeing in the theater. So. Oh, that's so exciting for you. Memories. I've seen them a million times. <laughs> I'm really excited to watch them, though, especially during this month. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what we got coming up. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can always find us at Facebook. Yeah. By typing in the Feminine Critique, join our group. We post stuff and talk yeah. about stuff, and people post creepy doll pictures. Yep. Me. Come post yes. a creepy doll picture for Emily. Yep. I will click like, and then deep down, I will shudder and be sad. She'll hate it, but she'll say she likes. I'll it. like it in my own way. Um, you can also tweet us at Feminine Podcast. Yep, you should word. do that. Uh, if you have personal business you need to send us, you can email uh, feminine, the feminine critique yeah. at com. Yeah, right there. Um, you can, yeah, and then I have a blog, deadlydollshouse.com. Um, um, I don't have anything uh, exciting horror-related coming up, though. So. Oh, you didn't do anything for the month of October? No, you know what I just did? I put a post up pointing out many of my friends who were doing more interesting things for October. Well, I think that's very nice of you. Yeah, cause I'm, and we can point out, um, Show Show is doing their spooktacular, so you yep. get an episode a day. Which I love. Which is always awesome. Uh, Married with Clickers is doing a Buried with Clickers month where they're releasing more episodes that are all horror-themed. Um, I think GGTMC, I'm a little behind, but I believe um, William is doing, uh, releasing some individual episodes, right? Yeah, I think, I think he's trying to do something he hasn't seen every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, and then a lot of blogs are doing different things. Um, Chuck Norris ain't my baby. Uh, Matt always has Halloween stuff happening. Zach, who you remember from last week or last mm-hmm. month, whenever you listened, um, is doing his Don't series. Yep. And by the way, if you guys missed Zach's voice this week, I would like to know you to know that if you tune in Tuesday nights to um, Sci-Fi's original uh, reality show, Face Off, mm-hmm. you can hear him because the, the contestant named Roy sounds exactly like him. Oh, man. I, I, I might have to see if Seriously. I can find something on YouTube or something. If, I want to hear. You, you close your eyes. It, it sounds exactly like Zach, I think. That's so funny. Um, so he's there for you. Um, yeah, so, and then, like, I did, if you actually go to my blog, you'll see I gave a whole lot of links of other places that are doing cool things. Uh, I'm going to Rock, Rock and Chalk is next weekend. Ooh, fun. Which is always exciting. So if any of you guys are going to Rock and Chalk, let me know so I can say hello. Um, oh, yeah, and then I have a, a second blog. Did I tell you about this? No. Oh. Um, so, yeah, my good friend Betsy and I have started a blog about, like, running and stuff. That's amazing. 
yeah, it's called fitnesswithsomefat.blogspot.com. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, I mean, you can read it and then see if it's amazing. Oh, um, shut yeah, up. That's, uh, we just started it, so it's new. Not many posts yet, but um, it's something different. Check it out if you, if you feel the need to. I, I have a few things maybe I can say. I want to hear them. That was my um, next question. Yeah, I wrote that thing about the Sentinel. Uh-huh. Um, on, it's on Cinespect. I'll link to it on the group because I haven't. Um, I wrote that. Um, and I will be on an upcoming episode of the Projection Booth podcast. Ooh, what are you going to be talking um, about? Firewalk with me. Nice. So I yeah. damn it, that means I have to watch a lot of stuff before I can listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's super spoiler heavy. Oh, well, of course it is. And it should be. It should be. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's what I like about the Projection Booth is they get really in-depth. Yeah, it was it was a good time. So I, I'll p- also post in the thing in the group when that's up. But okay. eventually it will be. Very cool. Um, I'll be guesting on the Inside Outcast uh, this weekend. So I will also post when that's ready. Um, yeah, and then me and Erica are still doing Glee Cast where we're doing musicals. So Yay. the last episode out, I believe, was Jesus Christ Superstar. So do you? Yeah, you cool. should link to those in the group. Do you? I should. I don't. I will. You should because I don't. I never see when they come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. They're somewhere in the iTunes feed somewhere. Um, I will. I will do that. Thank you for that advice. No problem. All right. <laughs> uh, happy Columbus Day for those of you who get to do anything special, like certain people who have that day off, not like me. Nope. Nope. You neither? No. Right? People, yeah. People still need their hot dogs on Columbus Day. Dude, I work every day always. I had to, I went into work today and I wasn't supposed to. I, this is a different podcast. This is WorkCast. <laughs> <laughs> the feminine WorkCast. Where we talk about our feminine work. Which... Um, that sounds really bad. I know, especially when we add hot dogs into that. Okay, so yeah. folks, uh, you know where to reach us. Please do. Happy October. Bye. There's such a big world up there I'd like to give it a try But then I sink Cause it's here I'm supposed to stay But I get so lonely down here Tell me why does it have to be that way Up there, there's so much room Where babies burp and flowers bloom Everyone dreams I can dream safe and live without a care up there. They say I don't belong. I must stay below, alone. Because of my beliefs, I'm supposed to stay where evil is sown. But what is evil anyway? Is there reason to the rhyme? Without evil there could be no good So it must be good to be evil sometimes There is so much room Where babies burp and flowers bloom Everyone dreams I can dream too Up there, up where the skies are ocean blue I can 
Yeah.